So in Acts 2, verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. As I reflected on this subject, it occurred to me that three of the greatest preachers in the New Testament preached repent and be saved. Period. That's it. Repent and be saved. Matthew 3, 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Matthew 3, 2, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4, 17, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. At the start of Christianity, John the Baptist, Jesus, Peter, Paul, they preached, Repent. Now at what point did we deviate from this very simple very true gospel message. They all agreed on the message of Jesus, the Messiah, the one who takes away the sin of the world. That's what they preached. That message turned the world upside down. It was a new doctrine. That message, that new doctrine, has carried true for over 2,000 years now. When did we start adding to or taking away from the simplicity of this message? That's the message we are taking out to the world. Now, we, we preach and we teach different to those in the church, to those maturing in Christ. But to a lost and dying world, we must take repent to them. The book of Acts was written in A.D. 60, just after the death of Christ. Christ died in 30 to 33. And in 60, just about 30 years after the death of Christ, in Acts, this is wrote. And certain men, which came down from Judea, taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. So not even 30 years after the death of Jesus on the cross, 30 years, <clears throat> it started being corrupted and misconstrued. Three decades after Jesus left the face of this earth, the gospel, the message, started being misconstrued and corrupted. They started adding to it, making it more restrictive, making it more onerous on the people that mirrored what they grew up with. The book of 2 Peter was wrote in A.D. 68, and Peter speaks of false prophets, 2 Peter 2.1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying that Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Let's repeat that part, shall we? Who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. In Peter's day, Peter, the one that walked with Jesus, the one that was there when he came back from the dead, He's already saying that they're going to deny the Lord that he personally saw and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many, many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the truth of, but the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. 
and through covetousness, meaning they're trying to get rich off the message they're preaching, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and that damnation slumbereth not. If Paul and Peter had these problems with error, with heresy and lies in the days of the actual living apostles, how much more are we going to have to deal with here today? We have those who know not the Lord proclaiming themselves to be prophets and preachers, but they don't know the Spirit. If they don't know the Spirit, they can't know the Bible. Because if they don't know this, they don't have the Spirit interpreting the Bible, they don't know what they're talking about. We have those who cannot adhere to the Bible, they cannot adhere to the Word of God, who want to put them sore, themselves forth as preachers. They want to call, stand up and call themselves preachers, but they're denying the deity of Christ. They're denying the, shed blood, the shedding of blood for remission of sins. They're denying the virgin birth. They cannot be uh, uh, preachers and, and proclaimers if they're denying the very fabric of the God they say they serve. We have those who deny the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in the pulpit calling themselves not just Christians, but spiritual leaders. They're not. They're spiritually dead. They cannot deny the virgin birth. They cannot deny the deity of Christ. They cannot deny the death, burial, resurrection, and be in the pulpit preaching this Bible. They can't. If they do, they are not saved. They don't have the spirit. They don't know what they're talking about. Run. First Kings 22, 19. We're going to see a little instance. And this has always fascinated me, this section right here. First Kings 22, 19. And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit, stood before the Lord, and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth. I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail. Go forth and do so. A lying spirit came down upon the false prophets and told them what to say to mimic the message from God. Lying spirits. We have had 2,000 years for these types with these lying spirits to, per to perfect their lives, smooth out their facade. They have practiced and preached seditions, heresy, lies, and full-on perversions for too long. Now, some churches have included coffee bars. I don't have a problem with coffee bars. I just have a problem with them being dedicated in the church. Beer bashes. Hillary, too, have beer bashes. Yeah. And bingo. Oh, bingo's okay. No, it's gambling. Bingo in the church? No. They do that to raise attendance. They do that to raise money. So how did Jesus, John the Baptist, and Peter do all they did with just repent? How did they manage all that? They had the Spirit. That was my shock. They have the power of God in and on their lives. They have the authority of God. They had the power of God. They were called 
of God. They weren't just somebody who stood up and said, I think I'm going to do this today. No, they had a purpose. They had a goal. They had a calling on them. That's what led to their success. We are lacking many of the true men of God, the ones who forget all they know. They go with their heart and they pray down the Spirit from heaven. They don't get so much education that they forget the God of the Bible. No. They have the Spirit. And they pray down that Spirit and that power from heaven like Elijah at Mount Carmel. The ones who totally give themselves over to His work and His Word 24-7. The ones who stop reading man's opinion on how to grow a church how to increase church attendance, and they rely only on the Word of God and His truth to reach the hearts and minds of men. That's how you do it. The gospel will prick the hearts. The Spirit will convict. Preach the message. Repent. Be born again. And they will listen to the call. We have let the term church equal social club status anymore. We have allowed false preachers to grow wealthy while tarnishing the name of Christ when people don't get rich off of their prosperity theology. They're the only ones getting rich off of that crap. We have a rise in this world of people talking about God who truly don't know the God they talk about. I recently saw a preacher asking how to get out of a summer slump. There were many suggestions for promotions, incentives given by other people. One, Eva suggested reading commentary, books on growth, talking to other men and mentors. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. There's really not. Get out, discuss strategies with other people, discuss different messages, different texts with other men of God. But when it comes time to see how to get out of the slump, to get out of some sort of, 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 of mire, to get out of some sort of season in the wilderness, what do you do? You sing you praise, you study, you read, and you work. That's what you do. No one in that entire conversation should conversation suggested more prayer, suggested more get-togethers, suggested a true dedication to God and His Word. None of them suggested that. They suggested getting together with other men, and again, nothing wrong with that. But if you're in a summer slump, if you're in a quagmire, if you're in a depression, if you're in a season not about words, to no profit, but to the subverting of their hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But, shame, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. In a season of dry, we are to study, pray to show ourselves approved unto God, not man. God gives the increase. We must stay true to his word. We must stay true to his message. We must stay true to him. We must stay faithful and true. In a season that's dry, you don't stop doing what you're doing. You keep on doing it. When you're putting forth the word, pray down the spirit. Pray down the power of God. Go forth in his spirit, preaching and teaching the gospel, and he will return the increase. There is no algorithm for raising crowds other, other than study and prayer. There is no quick fix. There is no easy money. There is only power in the blood. There is power in the name. There is salvation in the name 
and person of the Lord Jesus Christ alone, there is no other message but the blood of Jesus. There is no other name but Jesus. That's the message you take. Repent. That's what you take to him. Acts 4.10 Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. That's the message for the ages. Jesus, he died for us on a cross, was buried, rose again, ascended to heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father. That's the message you take. Repent and be born again. That's the message for the ages.